Scotty Miles, Scott Miles, franchise coach, all things considered franchising. Hey, welcome to another uh, show here. Um, CSI, cleaning lady. Um, do I have a kind of a unique guest with us today? Um, and when you hear his background, you're probably going to say WTF. I mean, you know, it's it's just one of those things that, you know, this guy has, uh, our guest has extensive, extensive experience in franchising, franchise development, uh, putting together brands, um, and he's focused on a new brand right now that has a lot of traction. Uh, we certainly will not call the brand sexy um, because it's not, but uh, please welcome Russ Jock to the uh, to the show, All Things Considered Franchising. Welcome, jo uh, Russ. Thank you, Scotty. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. Um, you know, um, interesting uh, opening, uh, mentioning CSI, the cleaning lady. Uh, you are now with an organization called Bio One. Um, I guess the best way to put this is crime scene cleanup. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, yep. Okay. Crime scene. We are. It's a, it's a it's a crime and trauma scene cleanup company is the official term, Scotty. But then we also focus on a lot of biohazard related work. Basically anything, the things that need done in all of our communities across the country that not a lot of folks have the capacity to do, Bio One has built a business around that. Doing all right, the well, that have to be done. That's great. So before we get into the crust of the uh, of the um, brand and you know kind of the the uh, the tracks that have been laid for success here, let's talk a little bit about you and franchising because you've been associated with uh, home service brands, uh, cleaning type concepts, home restoration. Um, you come out of the restaurant business. Uh, we were just uh, talking about your your background here. We have similar backgrounds in that uh, aspect. Uh, uh, I think we both agree that the restaurant business is not hard work. It's just long work, a lot of moving parts. But how did you get into the franchising industry? Um, you know, how did you get introduced to it? What, what caught yeah. your attention? What, you know, kind of take us down that path. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was, um, when I got into franchising, I was actually, I had been, like you said, I'd come out of the restaurant business for a number of years. I spent any, quite honestly, aside from college, I didn't have any real business experience on my resume. And so I had a, a brother-in-law at the time that owned a business development, a business opportunity company here in Waco. And he said, you know what, come down. Uh, work for me. I'll teach you how to sell. And that'll at least give you an opportunity to get some business experience beyond restaurant on your resume. And so I, I moved to Waco, started working with him in that organization, and really just very quickly kind of fell in love with it. That was a little different animal in that the F, you know, the Federal Trade Commission wasn't involved. There was no franchise right. disclosure. It was just a, a yearly kind of a membership. But we were still helping people get into business for themselves. And then from there, started working with the Dwyer Group, which is a very well-known franchising yep. company based out of Waco. And that was really where I kind of um, cut my teeth, as it were, in franchising. Learned more about the business as a whole, learned about working with people, and just uh, honestly fell in love with it. I mean, I think there's very few career paths where people can take where they truly can say that they make a difference in people's lives. And I think in franchising, we have the rare opportunity to truly help people's dreams come true. And I just, I love that. I love being able to work with somebody and showing them the opportunity and then getting them.
that's uh, from the Dwyer Group, went off and started working independently, um, actually helped a few entrepreneurs develop a brand all the way from conception through the, the franchise disclosure and, and doing all the things you need to do legally to create it, and then set up their first few operations. I got into the fitness space for a while. So like you said, I've been I've been around doing a lot of different things over the course of the last 15 to 20 years and uh, still get excited every day about what I'm doing and, and who I'm doing it for. When, when we talk about franchising and, and being on the development side, obviously you have some operations background as well, but you're talking to a lot of people that are inquiring about business ownership, whether it's for the first time, maybe diversifying a portfolio Maybe they're an independent now business owner looking to get into a franchise or already own a franchise looking to diversify, uh, kind of be that multi-brand operator. Um, for our listening audience and the education for people who are maybe considering franchising for the first time, what what kind of advice or guidance can you give someone or you know offer to someone um, about the best way to approach this? evaluating a brand, you know, trying to find, you know, I, I don't like to use the word perfect because I think it's nothing's ever perfect. Um, I know my wife won't like me to say that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, what guidance can you give to someone you've been, I mean, obviously coming up on 20 years, but that first time person looking to get into business ownership, what kind of guidance can you offer them? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest things that I would recommend to people, Scotty, is to seek someone out to help you. Find a coach, work with a, there's a lot of different groups out there that specialize in helping people get into and understand franchising. I mean, as you well know, there are a tremendous amount of franchise opportunities out there, and it can be very, very overwhelming for somebody just to kind of jump right in without any sort of guidance or um, ideas of what they want to look at. And so I feel like seeking out a coach, seeking out a consultant, somebody that can assist them in just kind of navigating the waters is probably one of the most important, if not the most important things they can do, because just like anything else, when you, you wouldn't self-diagnose a pain that you had in your chest, you know, you wouldn't, right. you wouldn't go and talk to a plumber about that. You'd go to a <laughs> professional that could say, all right, let's, let's, Let's diagnose what the symptoms are and let's help figure out what this is. It's the same type of thing with somebody helping you to find a franchise. Is there certain things that everybody wants? A consultant or a coach is going to be able to help bring those to light and then help you with the best options so that you're not overloaded. That's great advice. And I think, you know, one of the things that we like to share here in my organization is that I want to, I want people to go into this um, with, with a passion to want to learn. Um, I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, but there are some people out there that, you know, want to kind of approach that big shoulder ego that, hey, I already know that kind of thing. And in franchising, that's really not the best route. You want to learn and 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 really kind of dive into the systems about a brand, correct? I mean, the, the support levels. I mean, everybody jumps into, uh, I mean, and it's human nature. Everybody wants to jump into the financials. Well, how much money can I make? What's the ROI? How long is it going to take me to get there? But there are a lot of more important aspects to a franchise than just the money. I mean, there's there's the support, the systems, correct? I mean, yeah, that's absolutely correct, Scotty. I think probably the money is, I mean, the money is a no-brainer, right? Nobody gets into a business and says, I don't want to make money. Otherwise, right. there wouldn't 
we wouldn't exist. Everybody would be running a nonprofit, but that's not the way the world works. So money is a given. And the way I kind of look at franchise systems, Scotty, is if they're not able to produce a revenue and generate an income for their franchisees, then they should not be out there offering their service. You know, it's not recreatable. So I think with any brand that people explore, um, there's going to be opportunity to make money. But more important than that is why are you exploring this? What are your passions? What are your desires? What do you want to achieve from this business? And that's where I think being able to go into it, keeping an open mind and looking at different options. And again, having the guidance of a coach that can help extrapolate that from you to present the right opportunities based on what your overall goals are. I think that's one of them. I think to me, that's more important, quite honestly, than the money, because if you don't love what you're doing and if you're not passionate about what you're doing, it's going to become a job and nobody buys a franchise because they want to buy a job. They right. want to have that freedom. Yep. yep. Yeah. And again, here at, uh, you know, my organization that, uh, you know, we tell people if you're looking to buy a job, this is not the right step for you. I mean, that's right. You know, you, you don't wake up the morning and say, I want my own business because I want to buy, you know, I hate my boss. And I, you know, it, it, there's a lot to that passion side, that building that legacy. You know, I always tell people, look, the beauty of franchising is you can keep it as simple as you want. And you can take it as big as you want and stop when you're done yep. and, and, and just, you know, kind of, you know, kind of build that legacy, that wealth with your hard work versus doing it for someone else and seeing them benefit, uh, you know, kind of reap all the wealth and the, the benefits in owning a company. Um, Bio One, probably one of the most interesting type brands that I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, you know, when everybody thinks about franchising, and I say this on every podcast, uh, the immediate thing when you say franchising, people think the golden arches and the five dollar foot log. That's you know, it's it, yeah, it, there's a whole world out there on franchising, there really is. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, 3,000 brands now, not all of them are good ones. Um, you know, uh, there are some snakes uh, in the forest in franchising, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. But Bio One has seemed to uh, kind of taken something that we know is out there and turned it into a business model. Um, you know, uh, like I said, you're going to need a pretty strong stomach for a business like this. Um, crime scene, uh, cleanup. Um, tell us about Bio One because this, it's really an interesting story. You bet. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is, I mean, Bio One is a company. And when I talk, when I was talking earlier about people's why, that really is the big factor. That is the X factor with what we do. Because like you said, Scotty, what we do is it's not pleasant. It's challenging work. Some of the things that we have to see and do are, um, are difficult. But the realities behind what we do is they have to be done. And right. as tragic as some of those things are, the real tragedy comes when a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, a son, a daughter, has to do something to where now the cleanup of a suicide of their family member is the last thing that they're going to think about that. That's right. why bio one was created to avoid those situations. And that's really what our owners, that's what drives the bus for them is they want to take that load off and take it on themselves so that those people can grieve properly without having to worry about this. And that's where it is a needed necessary service. And unfortunately, Scotty, um, it's a service that is always going to be around. I mean, we've all heard this saying, the only true right. things in life are death and taxes. 
this is always going to be necessary and prevalent, regardless of the economy. And that's where I think Bio One is such a unique franchise for people to be able to get into. Um, the services that we do offer, if you think about it, beyond just the death-related types of scenarios, it's things that happen in every single medium to large size market in the country. I mean, hoarding, um, odor remediation. Unfortunately, fentanyl cleanup is becoming a very big service. Yep. If anybody watched the address last night, fentanyl is a huge problem in our country. There are not enough companies out there qualified and certified to take care of that work, and it's dangerous. So the services that we offer are needed and very welcome when they have to be done within the communities that we're doing them in, for sure. The talking about the services, one of the things that, you know, as a consultant and, and in, in, in my organization that we try to do is we try to, you know, get into the scope of skill sets. And one of the subjects that I like to talk about uh, with my clients is sales aptitude, because there's an essence when you're in the retail business, let's face it, people are coming to you. When you're in a service-based business like Bio One, there's there is a need to go out and meet with people. However, this isn't one of those door-to-door -door kind of that Willie Loman. Um uh <laughs> I'm 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 you're guessing my age, I guess. <laughs> kind of the death of a salesman to put it into perspective. Sure. Uh opportunities. I mean, this is you're establishing the relationships and it's like immediately somebody says, Hey, I know the company to call or the person to call. Am I correct on that? That you're absolutely correct, Scott. You're absolutely correct. And this is much more of a, and it's surprising to a lot of people. This is much more of a B2B type of a scenario because with the services that we offer direct marketing to customers and direct sales, I mean, God willing, 90% of the general public is never going to need our services. You know what right. I mean? So it's really a matter of getting in front of those folks that need us at the point in time that they need us the most. And so our owners, I always tell people, not being a salesperson is not a problem with Bio One because you are not really selling anything. You're making yourself available to be able to help people in their time of need, whatever that need might be. And so we focus a lot of our attentions on like, um, police officers, EMTs, paramedics, victim advocacy groups, um, coroners, anybody that is going out there and is going to be present on site when these horrible things have occurred that can say to those people that are grieving and need our help, hey, this is a lot that you're going through. You need to know there's a company here that can help. You should really give Russ with Bio One a call. I mean, that's what that's the conversation we want to take place. And when you when you put it in those terms, I think it's a lot easier for people because it's not a, thankfully in our industry, there's not a lot of competition for what we do. Right. And so in many markets, it's a very clear path to the people that we need to get in front of. And because unfortunately these things happen much more frequently than they should, they want to have somebody like us in their corner that they can say, hey, I know this person, this is a good person that can truly help you. That's really right. where we're coming. Exactly. I agree with you there. And I also think the component is, is that the 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 victim's family or the situation that the family is in, I don't think they want to necessarily um, do these projects themselves. Uh, and two, it it really isn't one of those buy hate. You know, do you you want blue or white, and uh, do you want it on Monday or Friday, um, and how much do you want to pay for it? It's just like, look, we got to get it done. And there's, you know, the, 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 the empathetic side to this whole thing is being the franchisee. So I think, again, you don't necessarily need to put on that Willie Loman hat, the sales hat, 
um, uh, in some of the other service-based brands that you may, I mean, this, you know, um, you know, there, I I would imagine there are not a lot of demos. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, right, 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 right. right. I mean, you're you're not carrying around a port, an art portfolio of, no, you know, just throw some of this stuff down on your carpet to give you an idea of what I'm going to do. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's absolutely not. And the other thing to that point too, Scotty, that's interesting about this business is, Most of my owners, because when we're dealing with a biohazard or a death-related scenario, a very large proportion of that is actually covered by homeowners or property insurance. So my owners aren't even going in. In a situation where there's been a suicide, for example, my owners are going in, they're collecting the data, they're getting the insurance information, they're getting cleared by the person that called us to do the job, and then they're taking care of everything on the backside. They don't even collect money up front from the people that they're helping. They don't want them. That's the last thing they want them to think about is, hey, before I get started, you're going to need to write me a $3,500 check. They don't do that. They collect it all on the backside. Because again, the motto for Bio One is help first, business second. And that is really the way that these owners go about presenting themselves and connecting with the people that they're helping in their time of need, which I think is phenomenal. When we look at people that, should be looking at this business, the profile. Uh, obviously, you mentioned uh, you know people that are maybe in the medical industry now looking to get out, um, police officers, retiring police officers or firemen. Um, where are where are you seeing or getting the phone calls or inquiries from? I mean, you know, there are certain brands that attract the uh, the VP of sales or the CFO or the CEO. What what? what are the skill sets backgrounds of, of the franchisees that are inquiring and coming into the system? You bet. You bet. I would say the biggest characteristic traits that you have to have the biggest one without question, Scotty is empathy. You have to be able to empathize with the people that you're going through. You have to have compassion. You have to be able to connect with people at a little different level. And so with that, obviously your first responders, your police officers, um, nurses, uh, they're all out there serving anyway. They're in a service kind of a mentality and they've also seen a lot of the things that we have to deal with. So that challenge is pretty easy for them to overcome. But in addition to that, um, I work with people that are involved heavily in their church that wanna get out and help the community. A lot of people that volunteer a lot in their communities, they make great franchisees with us because they've already got what I kind of classify as a servant's heart They have a desire to do more and to help people in their communities. And again, that's really what we're all about as far as a business goes. Now, that being said, I do have executives and I do have people like you were talking about earlier that are looking to expand their portfolio. And you can do this with this um, where you don't have to be as involved, but you have to have somebody on your team that is going to be involved, is going to have that that empathy and that ability to really sympathize and work with the people at a different level. So it's all kinds of folks. I've actually got a, uh, one of our franchises in Kentucky, she was a stay at home mom, uh, educated her children at home for like 28 years. When her last child left the nest, she'd never been employed. She didn't have any idea what she was going to do. She found bio one and now loves it. She's got a phenomenal business out there. So previous background is not going to be a hindrance to growth at all within our space. That's for sure. This is, you mentioned that there's an opportunity for this to be a semi-absentee business. And I want to be careful with the audience because, 
you know, a lot of people have uh, misunderstandings of what semi-absentee is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you obviously don't want to invest $150,000, $200,000 into something and then turn the keys over. So as much as you can do this on a semi-absentee passive side, you still have to be, as the franchisee, the owner of the business, provide oversight, working with the franchise or the systems, updating the systems, managing, kind of managing the business. It may not be 40, 50 hours a week, but it's also not going to be two, three hours a week as well. So, I mean, is is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this, like any other business, you have to inspect what you have to, you have to expect what you inspect from the business on a daily basis. And I think with our business, Scotty, because of the, it is so relational that our owners typically choose to be very involved right out of the gate. And then, but just like any other franchise with bio one, it's built on recreatable systems and the businesses and the services that we offer happen every single day. So as the owner establishes their team and gets their team trained and educated on the way that they want their business to be ran and the expectations that they have, the owner is moving out of the equation, you know, and I would say, probably in in a matter of about eight months on average, our owners have reached a point where they are truly outside of the business working on it instead of working in it. And that's why Bio One now, we've got quite a few owners that actually will have multiple offices within a particular city or state. And we actually even have owners that are um, operating offices in entirely different states because once you figure out the mechanics of location A, you're going to find that it's not that... Um, challenging to recreate it wherever you want to, because again, the business is everywhere and everywhere there's very limited competition in what we're doing. So the, just a a couple of more questions here, because we're starting to run out of some time here, but you know, the first thing that I think a lot of people are thinking in the listening uh, audiences is that I have to be in a high crime area. I have to be in a big city. I have to be in, you know, an area outside the city or be able to get into the city. How do how do you look at territories or areas to put a bio one for an owner to be successful? You bet. That's a great question, Scotty. With us, and I get that a lot. I get folks that say, you know what, I really just don't have a lot of crime in my area. I don't have a lot of suicides or homicides. And that's fantastic. The realities of what we do is COVID changed everything for a lot of different industries, including ours. Hoarding is a very, very big piece of what we do. Prior to COVID, I would say the average owner probably had about 30, maybe 40% of their total revenue was derived from hoarding. After COVID, I would say the average owner probably has 50 to 60% of their total revenue from hoarding. And hoarding, Scotty, is a problem across the board, regardless of where you're at. Now, obviously, if you're in a a more major market like a St. Louis or a Chicago or a Detroit, um, you're going to have... And I hate to say it because it sounds bad, but the lower hanging fruit of suicides and homicides and unattended death. But I think most people are going to find that in medium markets like Omaha, Nebraska, Des Moines, Iowa, Waco, Texas, you are still going to have plenty of the types of services that we offer. You're just probably going to have a bigger potential for things like hoarding at a higher frequency than you are suicides or homicides. But again, a lot of the things that we do um, do not go reported you know like you can't i couldn't tell you right now how many hoarding jobs were done in waco texas or how many unattended deaths we had because it's not publicly recognized you know what i mean it's it's kind of so so this work happens everywhere and and of course bio one 
Um, like I've talked to people up in, you know, Northern Montana or Eastern Nebraska that are looking into this. And I say, look, based on the population that you have, you would have to drive a hundred miles in any direction to really recoup your yep. investment. And so in areas like that, some places it's just not financially beneficial for somebody to ben get into a franchise to do it. So we try not to go, we won't go into markets like that. We like to have markets of at least 250,000 people within about a 20 mile radius of kind right. of where they're going to be based out. And with those, we know we can help them grow and develop a pretty good business. Last question, uh, Russ, you know, fran it, franchising, franchisors, franchise systems, there a lot of technology uh, is coming into play. Uh, it's not like the old days where you had a mop and a bucket, so to speak, uh, where you had a spatula and a burger patty. There's a lot of technology. Um, and in your business, Bio One, I imagine there's technology, but also the science aspect of this, because you know you just you just can't walk into a crime scene or a, a suicidal scene and and you know break out Mister Clean and just say you know we're cleaning. So the the technology here that you're using, maybe talk about it. The science. I mean, is, is this a uh, do we need people with higher education? uh to own own this business to be a franchisee maybe go into that a little bit yeah absolutely sky that's a great question and you know surprisingly and and i think for for many thankfully what we do quite honestly as far as the mechanics of the job is still done very much the same way today as it has been done for probably the last you know 10 15 years now obviously some of the techniques have improved some of the chemicals have dramatically improved and of course some of the safety standards thankfully have dramatically improved but the actual nature of the work itself is still done very much by by labor and chemicals quite honestly you have to have people to be able to do the work and you have to have chemicals to be able to do the work and that's why i think our owners um because we are a cleaning company, Scotty, we're able to keep our profit margins very high and our time on task very low, because if we can't clean something, we are going to remove it and we're going to dispose of it properly. Okay. Now where the technology has really been phenomenal with us is on the day-to-day -day operations of what our business owners are doing now just to manage their business from scheduling to invoicing to inventory controls. We have really been implementing some exciting technology that has helped to streamline the day-to-day -day operation. And again, get the owners from having to sit in front of their computers for hours at a time. When this company first started, they were very much post-it notes and Excel spreadsheets <laughs> is the way right. a lot of the business was done. And thankfully those days are gone. So when it comes to just uh, being technologically savvy, I think we bring in a good mix of owners because we can train those owners on everything they need to do. And as long as you have the, the competencies to be able to handle, you know, basic spreadsheets and accounting tools and things like that, we can train you on all that. And that's why I think when our training is done, we focus much more on the business side of this than we do on the technical, because you're going to find that once you understand and have a grasp for the way to clean these things up, regardless of the situation, you're basically utilizing the same techniques, just applied at a different um, level right. and in a different category. So it's the business thing that we really focus on. And that is what drives the bus with us. Thankfully, a lot of our competitors are out there. Um, they're still running the day-to-day -day operations very much with Excel spreadsheets and post-it notes. And so we're way out in advance of them. Yeah. Well, tying in the last thing, then the marketing approach, when we think of home service type business, 
we think of a business model that has a CRM with its 200,000 households, uh, email blasts, social media campaigns, uh, and maybe I'm in the wrong direction here, but it would seem to me that the marketing side is not your traditional marketing because you're, you know, you're not doing an email blast to 200,000 homes. Hey, in the event that you have a, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it, exactly so, right. so this is more of getting out, shaking hands, getting to know the police force, the fire department, uh, that type of marketing, kind of that in-person, I call it traditional marketing, what we used to do, talk on the phone, yeah. meet somebody for dinner or lunch. Is that accurate? I mean, so it's a little yeah. bit different in the approach. This isn't your domestic cleaning where you're sending out door hangers or leaving door hangers. No, right? no, 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 no. You're not going to do, and that's where we do. I mean, we do have CRMs. That's one of the new technologies we built in, but our CRMs are filled with first responder names, um, you know, victim advocacy group names. I just talked to a couple of owners yesterday in Georgia. They were on their way to a meeting of 39 psychologists that specialize in social hoarding disorder. I mean, if you tell you talk change of the time, Scotty, <laughs> there's 39 people that specialize in hoarding disorders wow. in the city of Atlanta. So those are the types of things that our owners fill their CRMs with. And with those folks, you do send out different email blasts directly to them because again, they're in that industry. They're dealing with those people that need our help on a regular basis. And so that's who we really focus on helping our owners to connect with. And it is still very much old school boots on the ground. Like when we're trying to establish relationships with law enforcement and first responders, we're going to go out, we're going to host fundraisers for them. We're going to do benefits. We're going to attend golf outings and sponsor holes for them where we can interact and meet and they get to know who we are as people so that they can recommend us as people to the people that need our help. So you really become the expert in the industry and, That's and, exactly and right. the expert saying, I mean, there is competition out there, but it's not like being in the burger or chicken or sub or, or, or the domestic cleaning or some of the other industries and in home services. It's, it's, it's a very select few. So it's, you know, uh, you know, pick the company that does it the best and hopefully it's bio one or the franchisee mm -hmm. that's in that market. That's great. That's exactly R right. Yep. R Russ, um, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, if they want more information on bio one, obviously yeah, they can reach absolutely. out to me, but if they wanted to give you a shout, you bet they can contact me directly. Um, my, my cell phone number, my direct line is two, five, four, four, nine, eight, five, one, seven, six. They can also email me at um, Russ, R-U-S-S dot J-A-C-Q-U-E at bioneinc.com. And then, of course, they can go on our, our website, um, bioonefranchise.com. And they can, okay. any, any one of those areas will get them straight to me. I'm the only director of development with Bio One, so I work with everybody that's interested in learning more about us. All right. Russ, this is uh, Russ. This has been a very, very interesting conversation. Uh, definitely outside the norm as far as brands, uh, but I can tell you that uh, the 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 interest and the uh, you know the the generating interest has been uh, remarkable. Um, you know, uh, again, uh, looking for somebody that really can follow a system, uh, delegate the processes, kind of manage that business oversight, um, but. Uh, uh, I, I really enjoyed and thank you much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Scotty. It's been fun. All right. This is again, Scotty Milas, all things considered franchising powered by Scott Milas, franchisecoach.com. Thanks again for listening until the next time.